Good evening and welcome to the Jerry Joe Legionated Show. Um, we're going to have a look um, tonight ahead of the Wolves game and I'm joined by JK and a new face here, Ross. Um, so welcome to the show, guys. Um, welcome for the first time, Ross. So if you want to um, get us underway, Ross, just tell us a wee bit um, just about who you are and that there just uh, before we start into the, the proceedings. Yeah, I've been a Leeds fan from, from the 2000-2001 season. I went to my first game when I was nine. I'm now 28. I'm 29 in March, end of March. So, so last few years of the Premier League season, been all the way down in League One. Now back up in the Premier League after 16 years away. I've I've been doing a bit of sports and has been doing a bit of writing and that for covering Leeds and another number of different clubs. And like I've just told JK and Jerry, I've just got new job, which starts tomorrow, covering the local club, Rotherham United, as the chief of the United reporter for local radio in Rotherham in South Yorkshire, which starts tomorrow ahead of the match against Norwich. Well, I think, um, I don't think there'll be, well, there, obviously there's a bit of a, a bit of a local rivalry, but I think uh, quite a few fans wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be upset to see Norwich getting stuffed. So, um, <laughs> good luck and uh, good luck in the new job. And uh, obviously, um, it's all it's all very well um, covering Rotherham, but uh, I just uh, I just hope that there's no FA Cup draws anytime soon in next season. And <laughs> you, you find yourself in that awful position of letting uh, out a cheer when Leeds score and you you setting among the Rotherham ones, but. Um, you're all, no, so, um, you're all going to miss it, Jerry. FA Cup. We don't do FA Cup. You know that. <laughs> I will. We'll be up you're, I tell you what, it would be, it would be a great, uh, it would be a great draw for Rotherham to get, wouldn't it? You would, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think so. Absolutely. So um, we'll start off the we'll start off the show um, just by by having one sort of final look back on the the Arsenal game. So um, I know me and you, JK, were talking sort of through the match and stuff and. I think that there was there was definitely mixed emotions where like the first half was just a complete shambles and then the second half, you know, there was a lot of a room for positivity and it definitely a big improvement. So what would be your sort of final takeaways, JK, on the game? Just just what you said there, Jerry. I think we've had we've been here before a couple of times this season. Um I think about um Manchester United away, um and probably Liverpool away as well, where I suppose Liverpool game was a bit closer, but it's another one of those games where you thought on another day you could have got a result, could have got a draw, or or even a, a cheeky cheeky win. I watched the highlights just before, just to refresh my memory again. Although didn't like doing it, but did it nonetheless. <laughs> um, and you know, you look at it again. You say second goal, Sacco. Like I know, we, I think we got lost in translation. The the the, the many group that we have in terms of penalties. I don't think we started talking across purposes. I think as to what penalties we were talking about, but not, nonetheless, I still actually still think even the Melier one, the second one, I would dispute. I would. I know he had the ball he dithered, but I honestly I've watched the game there, and I'm thinking he goes down very very quickly. Sacco, he knows there's a, the goalkeeper's there, so okay. I'm, I'm maybe being ultra biased here, but I still think <laughs> that could have possibly he could. Look at that again. I don't think it was a VAR check. I think it was just given, and that was it. Um, the Bellerin goal, they Sacco again danced around for a bit, and then Bellerin got through, and you know it, it was avoidable um, on a lot on a lot of levels, including the keeper. Um, and then obviously the 
I saw some Arsenal fans um, criticising other Arsenal fans and other fans about the Smith Rowe. They people were saying it was a, it was a shot, which it was to me, and it ended up just with a bombing, and he scored. Um, a great day for him, obviously, because he, he hasn't had too many of them in recent times. I think sort of he picked up. He must have had some issues off the pitch. I'm on a personal level, not too sure exactly what they were, but you know, the header from Stroke very good. The goal from Costa very good. Bamford penalty, which I still think is a penalty. Um, the, 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 or sorry, that chance. I th- I still think he, two players sandwiched them. Didn't make any attempt to get the ball. They scored that. I saw somebody joking, saying that um, the referee realised that if Leeds got a third, then it was just going to be Arsenal did an Arsenal and, and, and couldn't give it based on that. Um, but, you know, we, I think this season we give these sort of games, we, we take them as we take them on the chin. I think next season we need to see progress home and away. So you don't want to be going to Old Trafford and losing 6-2. You don't want to be going to the Emirates and losing 4-2. And if it continues on then that love affair that we all have with Bielsa, eventually that will, you know, there will be some people who'll just, who have already done it, in fairness, um, have said, oh, you know, what's he doing? He doesn't know what he's doing. Of course he knows what he's doing. But we mentioned about the square pegs around holes, too much of that going on. Who know Phillips isn't playing tomorrow night. We already know that. Um, and he probably wouldn't have been, given the tragic news about his, his grandmother today as well. So chances are, even if he was match fit, he mightn't have been in the in frame of mind to play. So RIP and um, Granny Val. Um, but um, so what does he do again? Laurenti's fit tomorrow night. It's been mentioned before he could possibly play there. So it's maybe an option. But then again, is he going to collapse after eight minutes again? And then we have to do the whole rejig again. I, I, I wouldn't risk him, Laurenti, in that position, that is. Um, but that, that's my, my sort of uh, views on it for now. So, um, as JK says, there obviously was sad news about um, Calvin's granny. Like, um, I know she's kind of become sort of so become like a bit of a sort of cult cult figure among the Leeds fans. And I sort of remember, I remember from the one of the Amazon documentaries, and you know, she she seemed like a real bubbly character. And also, obviously. You know, I'm sure, like like all Leeds fans, you know, our thoughts over Calvin and, and the family. Um, again, you mentioned the penalty, and I think I, d- I don't think I've met a single person who agrees with me whenever I say that I, I don't think it was a penalty. But like literally everything I was talking to my dad, I was talking everybody on RV chat, um, everybody on Twitter, everybody I talked to. But I, it, to me, like at, at the time I watched that, and I didn't even appeal for it. I genuinely didn't even think look at it and think. That's a that, that's funny. Like I just I could see it coming. He took the touch. It was a great wee bit of football. He took the touch, and the touch I thought was a wee bit heavy, and it allowed the defenders to get in. I don't think there was much he could have done, but again, you know, everybody else said it should have been a penalty. So you know, at the end of the day, so at some point you have to to bow to you know what what everyone else everyone else's opinions are. Um, so you can take on in, you can take on Graham Sinus. If you want, you can argue with him. <laughs> Shirts so, off, um, or talks, there you go there. <laughs> so um, to bring uh, to bring yourself in, Ross, then, like what what were your takeaways from the from the Arsenal game? Yeah, well, I I speak to another I speak to an Arsenal fan who I know quite well who did actual commentary on this on the Facebook page, which he have do commentaries on as well. And I said, first off, we didn't really create anything, and we deserve to be losing at half losing at half time. Because defensively, we're steady. We've got 
called that position quite a few times, gives sloppy balls away, which put us on the back foot, Melier included in that. On the first penalty, which got overturned, there was never a penalty on Saku. A lot of people have said, looked back and said, maybe if you look from behind the goal, he clipped Saka's ankle, Cooper. But I've seen it from two or three different angles. He, and he wasn't, and I didn't see it that way. The second one, I didn't think he was the first, the one which was actually given. But when I saw it back, you did see Melier catch his, le- catch his leg and he got him, Saka did very well actually, going between Melier and the ball, because no Melier were going for the ball. And Melier took, caught him. So I think, was that in the start of the second half? Because we were three 0 down by then. So second half, I think it was just a case of players trying to, especially the substitutes, Robertson Costa trying to get into the into the match. And Costa just weren't sharp enough to know the ball back, shocked him to clear or knock it into early to clear downfield. But after that, all the subs changed in our favour in the second half and potentially could have gone on going to four three, maybe even four four come the end because for the second half. We were the better side first off. Arsenal were the better side, and I thought, I think a draw. But I thought overall, Arsenal deserved to twenty two of rocks to either done because the closes down well throughout. I thought second off with the likes of Costa and Roberts, James Gaming. Just want to give a special mention to now Luggins. I've seen a lot of the under twenty three games, and I thought when he came on, he didn't look out of place at all. And I thought it was a fantastic debut for him coming into the embassy. Be like. Robbie Goss in the FA Cup at the start of the start of the twenty last year in the FA Cup tie. And I thought Huggins did a fantastic debut coming in and having a fantastic debut there. So see see Huggins, so at one point he looked to be play he looked about right back and then he looked about left back and then I know for the under twenty threes he plays he plays about a midfield. And um, so like where where would you say his future lies, Ross? I think natural naturally from more from people I've spoke to, like Donald Lundell's commentaries for LU TV on 23 games, he, and from people in the round club, they see he, he's mainly a left back because that's where he, he would play, played growing up and coming through the rest of the youth team at Leeds, he would play mainly left back. But maybe in this system, maybe but maybe he can use both feet and be versatile and can play in other positions, be like Stuart Dallas, maybe. So I think maybe he's a natural left back, but can, we can actually do a job at right back and midfield be like Stuart Dallas. So I think going forward, it may be a replacement to left back further going down the line as we progress on as a club and these players eventually do move on or retire. But I think he's a, well, I think he can do a job all over the place. I've been impressed when I've seen him in the 23s and like I just said a minute ago, like I had a decent debut at the Emirates. So the question then is um, for JK, um, so if he's if he's naturally a left back, is Alioski's place under threat? Um, I I, th- I think he's running alive there. In terms, I mean, in terms of left back, Jerry, he's not a left back. That's the first thing. Um, stating the obvious, but he's not. Um, and I think Bielsa's patience potentially will run out eventually. Um, playing him there, um, whether or not he would. He's not going to dislodge um, probably Harrison or Rafinha if because they switch altern- alternative between right and left, obviously, on occasion. So I think his position would be in jeopardy. I could see him on the bench. Um, but you've got, you've ha- we've had Leif Davis um, for a while, who's been knocking on the door. 
So for Huggins to surpass potentially two players and play like tonight, tomorrow night, sorry, um, it'd be uh, potentially against uh, Adama Torre, and that that's a big call. It's not beyond Bielsa to to, to do it. Um, he's done it before. He surprised us on occasion, so it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility of him throwing him in at the deep end. Thinking, although. Uh, Russ, I, I agree with you, Russ, what you said there. Uh, I thought he had an excellent debut. But if you actually, I don't know whether Bielsa did it in terms of just to keep his feet on the ground, and that's the Bielsa way. He basically said he was good. Everything he, he asked him to do or everything he was asked to do, he did well. But he didn't say he was exemplary. And I thought he was. I thought he I thought he looked very, very good when he came on the pitch. As Ross says, quite rightly, and didn't look out of place one bit. Um, whilst others who maybe have stepped up, whether it be in the Crawley game or some of the cup game, other cup games this season, have looked a wee bit out of their depth, um, unfortunately for them. Um, I, you know, Personally speaking, I don't think he will, but I would love to see uh, Huggins playing at left-back tomorrow night. Uh, but it might be a bit too much, maybe, of a gamble. If this, this boy, Rory, we know is fast, he's quick, um, and, and very, very good on the ball as well. Once he, he puts his head down and goes. So, But you know what? Why not? Mm-hmm. I think um, I think this game tomorrow is important as well because the uh, I was watching the highlights of the last Wolves game and they caused us all kinds of problems down that side and it was your wee guy um, Podence was it started and then I think maybe Traore come on after that but um, there was all kind all kinds of baller coming down that side so what is something where whether it's Traore or I don't, I don't know if your guy Podence is still fit or not I haven't really seen much of Wolves other than the results over the last couple of weeks but um, I think Trory's been playing a bit more now um, mm-hmm. but it was Stuart Dallas was playing left back that night yeah because no, I, mm-hmm. yeah, so. I was kind of I kind of forgot some of the bits in the game and um, I remember like the, the, their winner like obviously your guy um, Jimenez that's had the bad injury like he mm-hmm. got the ball out in that kind of position and went inside and then it was the goal I completely forgot about it, the one where he hit the shot and like Calvin kind of like tried to blog it and headed it and it went in like, you know, but but um, there was definitely, there was a few highlights where, where like a weak guy Podence looked to be looked to be a threat and as you say, Traore, like Traore is one of these players who like, it's almost like he's an athlete first and a footballer second, you know, it's, it's like he's maybe not the most technically gifted but Whenever he gets a, a shift on, it's not only that he's fast, but he's so strong as well. Like you see this, you see the physique of the guy, and he's he's going to be somebody. He's probably not somebody you want to be putting a kid in, you know, essentially a kid against. Like, but then at the end of the day, Alioski's not the most the, the the biggest guy either. Like, and I thought he got bullied a wee bit by Saka. So, um, if you're going up against Traore, um, that is going to be that is going to be something to, to worry about. Um, so. With regards, then, we've seen a wee bit of the sort of team news. Um, Bielsa today says that Rodrigo and Calvin Phillips are, are obviously out. Laurenti's fit again, and um, Click, by all accounts, is, is fit again. So what do you think, Ross, will be the sort of starting eleven tomorrow night? Do you think that it'll be... Like, I'm kind of looking at it and thinking it might just be the same starting eleven that um, began the game on Sunday, but do, do you see any changes yourself? I would be looking and I think I would potentially said if Click was out, I would have probably moved, probably put Shackleton into central midfield, move Bailey back in and 
because he actually he's actually said as well he's got other options to play that central defensive midfield role in play where Stroud played at the weekend. So maybe if he's looked at that, Jad Jenkins has played there for the under twenty three so a couple of times and he can play them further midfield. So I think if he was out and he did want to put Shackleton into midfield, maybe fetch Jenkins in for his debut in front of that role because he's done need training up to being that role and move early back to right back. So if anything because I think against Wolves, we may need Ailing bombing up and down that flank to cause him a few problems, linking up with Rafinha, which he, he's done quite well this season. So I'm probably being inclined to fetch him in. But I wouldn't be surprised if he does go with the same side. But maybe that's maybe the only change I would make if maybe just get clicker a bit more rest because when you zip into you don't need to reoccur again in this game in very early stages, like we saw with Phillips early stages, then carry on and then limp off at the end of the past game and then miss his next couple. So we don't want similar to happen with click with games with three games in nine days coming up, Southampton Tuesday, and then Villa following Saturday. So we don't really want to see click missing, especially those two big games, especially Southampton's in and around us in the table at the moment. So maybe Inclined to rest click, which I'll into central midfield, Ellen and right back strikers back as centre back alongside groups, and put Jenkins in a defensive midfield, and then that could potentially work. I, th- I think you you like I don't I don't know much about Jenkins, um, but if it means straight playing centre back and not defensive midfield, uh, like I'm all for it to be honest. Like like. I don't want to criticise the player because I, I do like I think he's a really good player. I think he was starting to really find his feet at centre back, but I, th- I genuinely thought like he, he's he frustrates me whenever he's in defensive mid- in the defensive midfield role because he's such a big unit, he's such a big guy, big tall fella, and he just like he he never seems to hit a tackle. He just seems to be like just kind of lurking in spaces where nothing's really happening and he's not getting himself involved enough which like whenever you see Calvin playing that position he's always looking for the ball he's always hungry for it and it, it does frustrate me whenever Strook's playing there but you know not to criticise him because as I say I do think there's a, a very you know potentially good good defender in there just again he's not a midfielder um, JK what, what about your what about your thoughts what, what do you think um, that Bielsa might do I, I think I think we probably all know what Bielsa will do, but yeah, what would you do? Well, I think something that I sort of by, I, I, I came across it really by mistake. Um, I think yesterday, um, I, I think I'm right in saying the under 23s play tomorrow at I think it's 12 o'clock or one o'clock. Yeah, it's one, the, one, o'clock it is. Is it, yeah, is it it's on against, against Norwich? Norwich? Against Norwich, yeah. so that's right. So I think already we'll have a wee bit of an indicator. Like you're not going to have players playing at one o'clock and then playing again at, at eight o'clock tomorrow night. So any of those that Russ already meant Jenkins and, and others, you know, potentially if they're not in the squad on the 23s, I think that will automatically give you a bit of a clue as to whether or not um, players that maybe haven't played yet at made their full debut or whatever, potentially will. Um, I agree with you about, about Struik. Um, I think he looks so out of place, uh, duck out of water, uh, whenever he's playing in that central. He, he, he just, it just doesn't suit him. He's a centre half. That's what he wants to do. I think he, he's told, there's where you play. 
when he's playing that um, Phillips role, but he's not comfortable with it. And, you know, he, he, he was taken off against Villa um, very early because it looked like he was going to be sent off. And why they persist with it, I just don't know. I, I think they're just trying to say to themselves, there's no better alternative, but maybe this week in training, because they knew Phillips was going to be out, maybe they have maybe concentrated a little bit more on that because we all know Bielsa and, and his backroom staff are real sticklers for detail. So potentially, as Ross has already alluded to there, maybe maybe a Jenkins, maybe somebody else. He said there's a couple of options there he, to pick up on what Ross said earlier on there. He said there are, there are a couple of options. So maybe he will again. There's going to be a lot of surprises if I if I have my way tomorrow night. Um, maybe there will be a few. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but yeah, the, the overall 11, I don't think it's going to fluctuate that much. Um, like, for example... You've seen people this week on the day of the Arsenal game been very, very critical of the keeper. Um, I'm sorry, but if you if you want Cassian as your alternative, Melier will play unless he's injured, he's got COVID, um, or he's suspended, or there's a cup game where Bales is not that bothered by the result. He'll Cassian will not play otherwise. He'll not play on form. He'll not play um, because of what Melier did. Um, and the, the good thing, I think, on Sunday, just to nip back that briefly, was the thing that I was pleased about, and you look at Becker for Liverpool, established, good goalkeeper, look at the mistakes he's made. You could see in the Manchester City game and the Leicester game, the players were reluctant to hit the ball back to him. I noticed that Leeds players continued to do what they were doing, because that's what they've been drilled to do. They continued to hit the ball back to the keeper. On, despite the mistakes that were made. And I thought that's only going to help the fellas' confidence. You notice whenever Casilla makes a mistake, what do they do? They hoof it or they try and take on players themselves and make mistakes as well. And then that leads to goals or chances. With Melier, they continue to, to, to do what they're doing, which is give the ball back to him. And that's only going to be good for him. But I'm saying, look, I'll, I'll agree with one thing that people say. He needs challenged. He needs, he needs a real, he needs an experienced goalkeeper. Obviously, he is to a point, but he needs somebody who actually, if he did make a mistake and need to be taken out of the limelight for a week or two, somebody else will step in and we're not going to be going, oh. So I know Romero been mentioned from, you know, yeah, he's been he frozen out. Yeah, he's been frozen out. And a bit like Hernandez, I think, with us, I think he's sort of, you know, almost through social media is trying to make a, a case to, to move to another club. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be that annoyed if someone like that came in. Um, and at least, even if he's playing reserve goalkeeper for us, um, at least you would think to yourself, well, if Ellie needs, as I say, the bullets are coming too heavy for him, let's take him out of the, out for a week or two. It's not going to the, the guy's going to be as long as we want him to be there. I think he'll be there, um, and I think he'll do a good job. But I think at times we just need to maybe take him out of uh, the heat off him slightly, and I think that's something that we need to look at in the summer. Um. So, just before I've actually a couple of wee things I want to mention about the, the goalkeeper situation, but just before I do that, um, just my own thoughts on the team tomorrow night. I think if the if there is a change tomorrow night, I think what will what the change will be will be Shackleton will come out and Strait will go back into centre back and um, Ealing uh, right back and probably either Click or Dallas will go into the defensive midfield role. And Tyler Roberts, I'll get a, I'll get a go in midfield. Um, 
personally, I thought he done well when he came on at the weekend, and I think he's probably one of one of the players where Bielsa obviously trusts him. And I think that if if there is to be a change, that that might be where it'll happen. Um, but just on the goalkeeper situation, so two things obviously. Um, so he did. He, he made a couple of mistakes, and you know he is. He's a kid. Like he's twenty years. Playing, he's twenty years old, and yeah. you know it's very young. He's the youngest goalkeeper in the Premier League. He's he's got one of the best save percentages. Like some of the saves he made a fantastic. Then I was watching the highlights of the Wolves game. He made a fantastic save in that game as well. Um, just point blank range. Some of the saves he's made, you know, are, are really outstanding. Um, but. I don't know about you, but like sometimes I'm in the like sort of like self-depreciating humor, you know, kind of like you know like a good laugh at ourselves kind of a thing. And I read an article the other day, and it was it was somebody saying that Mesley he's very young, and they likened him to Wojciech Chesney, that's a Juventus now that used to be at Arsenal. Something tells me it was Kevin Campbell randomly. I don't. I don't know why Kevin Campbell would be commenting in Leeds, but so, someone tells me it was like former Everton and Arsenal striker Kevin Campbell. But um, but they were saying about about him and uh, they were liking him to him. And I, I was I was honestly I was I was anxious. I don't know if you seen the game last night where like the the goalie conceded in like the first minute. Did any, did either of you see it? No, I was, I was watching about the I watched about the Everton Man City game. But I didn't see. I didn't see any other 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 games. I'm watching was, the Waddham game last night, so I didn't see any of the Champions League. Uh, games I had to, you say. I had to. That's a good work ethic, Ross. Good, good work ethic. But um, he's probably he's probably watched more other matches than Bielsa has. Possibly, yeah. But um, what he, what uh, Noah said, so his goal, the goal, like right in the very first minute, they they passed the ball back to him. And he took a touch, and like the striker basically tackled him about one yard out, and the ball went into the net. And I was, I was like, I was sitting thinking to myself, how would Leeds Twitter take that? You know, like would, would they would they joke about that there the, the comparison? But I decided against it because I thought maybe I would get somebody. Again, Chesney, Chesney over the years is a keeper that has had records. All keepers do, and right. they're all highlighted, aren't they? But Chesney, as as again, is one that at one stage when Arsenal were absolutely on their knees. He and you know the Wenger era, era, sorry, and he was he was one of the scapegoats, no two way. I remember you know a couple of things he he made mistakes and he was blamed. So if Mele continue to do that season in season out, you know I think ultimately then he would be gone. Yes, but for now we we stick with him because we're we're pleased with what he's done. You could see on Sunday, it's the first time I've ever seen him in any way um, cross. Either with himself, the defence, the overall—I don't know what it was. We could see a lot of he was talking to himself an awful lot. You could see that other games he made a bit of that, but um, I noticed because it was focusing in on quite a bit uh, the camera, and uh, I could see him sort of. There was a lot of I don't know what it was, but he seemed cross, you know. And that's the first time because they talk about the ice running through his veins. That's the first time I've ever seen him in any way riled or. Annoyed in any shape or form. It's the first time, you know. And despite the fact you say about the wonder saves he's made, Jerry, at times he should be out like some keepers would have been in the past, absolutely haranguing his back four, saying, but he doesn't. He just gets up and does what he does. But on Sunday, he didn't look happy at all. Unless, Jacob, maybe where you mentioned there about having some people keeps having got the defenders, maybe when balls moved up, we've got an attack. Maybe he's had a word with Cooper. 
also when cameras are not on him. So yeah. and having a word with Cooper to sort getting captain back to sort it out and have a word with yeah. Balfour trying yeah. to get it together. And yeah. maybe they do it in maybe in dressing room. Ah, uh, yeah, time. yeah. I, th I think it's as I said, Ross. I think yeah, I think it's Sunday because there was so much um, accident involved in him. I think yeah, we saw a lot yeah. more of his face and a lot more yeah. sort of footage of him than we normally do, perhaps. And that's, yeah. that's why. But you could be you could be one hundred percent right in what you're saying that there's maybe more private. You know, he's he's chatting and we just don't see it because we're at the other end attacking. Whilst on 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 Sunday there was a lot coming our way. You know, that's, that's maybe maybe why we picked up on it more on 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 Sunday. Yeah, and also I just want to just point out as well with, with the goalkeeper situation. I don't know if you remember we looked for against Bristol City that time when Apolami played as well in we were back in the championship and we both made the debuts. Cooper that game was had a brilliant performance and he talking to him all game. Maybe Cooper's gonna be maybe Cooper's been doing that with Melier trying to help him out in yeah. all games in Premier League with being an experienced defender and the cast yes. maybe he's helping him through each game and talking through each game and after Decisions gone. Maybe he's talking to him after balls being gone out for the corner or whatever. Go, have a good chat. Yeah, yeah. And tell him if he thinks he can come and get it, come free. If not, stay back and tell one of us oh, we should. Yeah, we should attack. Ducks. Cooper's done. I think Cooper's done fantastic this season so far. Yeah, yeah. I think it's easy, easy to forget as well that, like, because it, like. This time he made his debut like about about thirteen months ago. That time against Arsenal in the FA Cup, and then after that he didn't really play until obviously Casilla got his ban, and then he's established himself, you know, as a number one this season. But at the at the same time, like for a wee guy at twenty, going in and doing that for a club like Leeds, and you've got experienced professionals in front of you, it would it would kind of take some balls too to be like just get you know given given these professionals like he's got international defenders in front of him there and I think maybe you know he gave a wee bit back on Sunday and it's maybe just a case of he's got to the point now where he's sort of got his feet under the table and feels a wee bit more comfortable doing it you know he's, yeah. he's um, like in terms of goalkeeping 20s 20s nothing like you know 20s just so so young yeah. and uh, obviously you know that sort of thing will come with experience where you know I, I do, I have to admit, I do like the goalkeeper that, that just takes command and is like, if anything comes into the 18-yard box, players, ball, whatever, you're under my command, you know, and, and I, hope he, I hope he grows into that. As I say, I think he's made some absolutely brilliant saves, um, but I do also agree that he probably needs somebody um, competition, even if it's just like somebody in training, you know, like an older pro to, to learn off. Um, and I, I did see today, um, Paul Robinson was talking about saying that Leeds should go for Tom Heaton at Aston Villa. Um, mm -hmm. He obviously he got a bad injury last year and he's obviously lost his place to, to the guy Martinez. Um, mm -hmm. So I think he's essentially just playing that Premier League 2 football. Um, so, like, what would you say to, to a signing like him, Ross? I think it'd be a good signing to Elmelier Long and as we mentioned earlier, Lamar as well. Ex they've both been experienced in the Premier League enough. Have, well, he's like to come up against top-class strikers of Man United and or Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, having their in their ranks. So he can help him out. One of those who can help him out because like we Man United players 
Ramon knows what he's like to come up against him in, in training. Eaton knows what he's like to come up against him on a match day when he's been in the side of either Villa or Burnley. So I think he'd be good signing him or Romero. There's a couple of others, which I'm not going to name who, who in case, because a couple of others are likely currently playing for the clubs and I don't want to, if any of their managers or press people see this, I don't want to hear him and think I'm talking them to for Bielsa to come and sign him. So <laughs> tell you, make sure those two are off air to but there's a couple of us experienced ones who I think could learn from all, even if Bielsa gets clips from them and shows it to me in training and what to do and with someone say like Eaton or Romero there as well, showing him and that could that potentially could work. But we'll be happy to have Eaton or Romero or a couple of us who have got in mind to come in and help him along and be experienced. So I think we need an experienced backup goalkeeper who's probably not going to play a lot of football who've just been around 12 million out and be willing to play cool matches and step in when he's injured or ill recovered if and that. Mm. So that's my take on it, Jerry. Yep. The, uh, does, that, does anybody know what um, Richard Wright or Neil Sullivan are doing these days? They always seem to... I think Neil Sullivan, he, last time I heard Neil Sullivan was still part of the academy coaching staff and leader of the under-23 20, under goalkeepers. Is he? Yeah, he's it. a good person to have around. He's definitely a good person. Well, here's here's JK. sorry, here's the name just before you ask me what you're going to ask me. Um, and, he, and Man City are looking at time down again. Scott Carson, former Leeds goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not bring him in? Because two things. First of all, I think very good keeper. And secondly, well, I'm going to do three things actually. Very good keeper, ex Leeds, and thirdly, would step in, and you wouldn't be that nervous again if he did step in you know Cassie have already said it the man's on is, is he on £30,000 a week he's earning 30000 when I say earning in inverted commas he's on 30 grand a week for nothing he's doing absolutely nothing to earn that he's not He's to me he's no interest in actually stepping up and challenging Melly from what I can see he doesn't seem that bothered even the under 23 games if he plays doesn't look you know if a goal goes in he sort of turns around like he does when it's a uh, a, a championship or a, or a, um, a cup game sort of looks and as if looks at the defences to say that's your that's on you. So I, I think we need like if you can free up thirty thousand pounds a week, that's a lot of money. He's one of the highest earners, if not the highest earner of the club. I don't know, maybe all, uh, some others who have come in, Rodrigo and Lorente and and Cock, etc. I'm not entirely sure what sort of contracts they come in on, but um, certainly he was one of the highest earners, if not the highest. And you know he could to free up that money. I wouldn't have thought you'd be paying Romero or Carson that sort of money, and you it, it would it mean you could maybe go and potentially sign another another player as well with the money that would free up from. Because sorry, Jerry, you go ahead. What were you going to ask me? No, I was I was just going to basically um, uh, what what I'll do first is I'll touch on the the, the thirty thousand pound a week. I think probably too. At some point, like we're looking at it in thirty thousand, and thinking she's that. You know, that's thirty thousand pound. That's that's you know just getting wasted there in a reserve player. But see now that we're in the Premier League, you're probably going to have to pay anybody at least thirty thousand pound a week. So it, it, it's probably um, it's going to be interesting to see how we kind of cope with you know as, as players yeah. start to more Premier League money. Well, well, but the, cool no, the, the point I was going to say fact is now you're a millionaire at the end of the season. Practically yeah. no matter who you are in, in, in the in the Premier League. 
it's as simple as that. The amount of money that people are earning, um, you, you, you're that you're a millionaire at the end of the season, whether you kick a ball or not. So, but. so no, the, what I was going to say was I was going to go to you for, first then. So, I think we're we all kind of agree that a goalkeeper is probably a position that, that Leeds need to Leeds need to make a signing on. But I'm a, I'm a right in saying, like, for me, like, I'm not thinking Leeds need to sign a goalkeeper to replace Malay. It's just to, uh, you know, have somebody that's a better backup, a better option than Casilla. Yeah, I'm a right in saying that, JK, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that would be my viewpoint. I think we just need to have somebody who is, as things are, I think, both Melier and Cassie are very comfortable in the positions that they're in. As in, Melier probably thinks, doesn't really matter what I do, I'm not going to be dropped. And I don't mean that he's being cocky or arrogant by that. I think that's just fact. But I also think equally, Cassie is thinking, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to come into the first team and have to worry about the first team, despite what happens with, with Melier. So, you know, there's a there's a an equilibrium there, which is a false one, in my opinion, in that one keeper's neither keeper are worrying about their respective positions because neither think many has not been challenged by Cassia and vice versa. So yes, I would agree. We need to bring in somebody that's, you know, somebody who's just going to put that, as I said earlier on, a little bit of heat on me. Not to say, I'm here, I'm going to take over. Um, if if he got, like, let's be honest, Melia has been, is young. Say, for example, he got injured. The option at the moment would be Capril to come in. Um and again, he's very young. He's, he, you know, that would be a, a game. But we were all, I think there were quite a few fans were nervous when they heard that Melly was coming in. Oh, I've only seen him and he was great in the cup against Arsenal, etc. But can he do it week in, week out? Well, pretty much he has proved he can. But if you had to do that again, so May got injured, um, but he also doesn't trust Casilla and puts it in completely, then that would be that whole process starting again. Um, so I think you need to bring in that in between because I think ultimately Capri potentially could, you know, become first choice further down the line. But that is further down the line. I think we just need to have that, you know, we've mentioned Russ as he does want to say the names and I, I get where he's, where he's coming from. Um, he's in a different position than I am in terms of, of journalism. Um, you know, I'll, I'll mention, you know, Lee Camp. Um, you know, you, you've people like that. He's at Manchester United. They're look again. They're looking to tie him down. I think that speaks volumes. The two Manchester clubs have, albeit third choice keepers, but they're third choice keepers nonetheless. They could be second choice elsewhere. You know, they're, they're that caliber. Um, so that's another name potentially. I'm, I'm only saying that. You know, um, but if I had a good think about it, I could probably give you the next time on, Jerry. I probably I could give you five names that I think would be better as alternatives to Casilla, because um, he's just not an option as far as I'm concerned at the moment. I know what you're playing at. You're going to wait for us to, to tell us the names off, off air. <laughs> you're going to go I would do it. Jerry, 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 Jerry. I wouldn't dare do that. But kind of Ross actually losing his job before he actually even starts. We can't have that now. Come on. <laughs> Roller rooms for a team goalkeeper. Roller rooms for a goalkeeper. <laughs> But, um, I couldn't even tell you who is Rotherham's first choice keeper at the moment is Victor Johansson who joined this summer from Leicester in right. second choice at the moment well they actually came in his second choice Victor Johansson because first choice at the beginning of the season was a former Leeds loanee Jamal Blackman oh yes, yes right. he's yeah, now second yeah. choice then and the third was choice Chelsea, wasn't 
Yeah, he's on loan yeah. from Chelsea, Rotherman. The third choice for Rotherman is Josh Vickers, ex Lincoln. At the right. moment, they're the three goalkeepers. Rotherman's gone the books in the moment. Don't, don't, the first name you mentioned to me, even though he's first choice, the other two, yes, mean something to me. Uh, Blackburn, obviously, for obvious reasons. But Blackburn was not Blackburn not playing for a period there. Was he not playing earlier on the season and then has yeah, he, he lost his place or did he get injured? He played, or? he played early on in the season at Rotherham, got picked up a bit of an injury, then he had a illness. Yeah, I think he picked up COVID as well. I'm not sure. He picked oh, right, up a bit okay. of an illness. Janssen came in. Janssen played in some cup games. Janssen's then been first team. And then mm-hmm. Lambert came in against Everton in the cup. And then Janssen's like been took over as our first, first yeah. choice mainly. Well, they've had a wee bit of a, an upturn. Haven't they? Rather than have had a, bit, have, yeah. had a good time in for you, but they've had a wee bit of a, an upturn in terms of results as well. I, yeah, I lo- think personally they'll they'll stay up. Lost last night to Bournemouth, but yeah, well, like La Leeds, big teams. The Rotherham fans are saying that's going to be like three hits for them. They weren't expecting yeah. fans weren't expecting anything, but the players, Paul Wall said after game, players were a bit disappointed that they couldn't get a point or a win in that. I know we're going slightly off topic, but I'm just going to ask a question to both of you just to get gauge your very quick reaction. Terry Henry, Bournemouth. What what do we think? As in the link, as in he's been If Terry Henry goes to Bournemouth, and I have no idea whether Terry Henry goes to Bournemouth or not, um, and nothing about Thierry Henry or Bournemouth. But what I would say is the day an R Thierry Henry gets whatever job he gets, I mm. hope he loses and I hope he gets sacked because I am still better about him handing the ball against Ireland <laughs> in qualification for the 2010 World Cup. And I, well, I knew that was going to be your answer, Jerry. It was an easy one. Yeah, Ross is probably be slightly I, different. I still don't. I still. I'm still not over it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> what would you, Ross? Would I you? think, like I was listening to last night on on Sky before the Rotherham game started, a couple of punnies on there, Keith Andrews and one of the stronger who he was now, and they both said he needs he needs some ex- championship experience alongside him to work, and that's what a lot of people have said as well. And I think he does maybe say if he fetches in someone who's been in the championship, who knows the division, so and work alongside him, he could. Could work out, but as long as he doesn't do well, Lampard did have one season in the championship with Derby or with Bournemouth, say, get promoted, then move on to say, like Arsenal, if Arteta does leave eventually and get, goes there and he doesn't work out, then sack yeah. Cooks. I think he's doing a good job with Montreal Impact at the yeah. moment in the MLS where he is at the moment and he's seems to be doing well in his coaching career. So if he goes yeah. there, good luck to him. In- per- per- personally speaking, I agree with Terry Sentiments. Never forgiven. Um, but aside from that, um, I, I think Jonathan Woodgate, he's won every game, hasn't he, since he took over? I yeah, think he's, he's won. Four he's won games unbeaten. Four four it, it, it all turns sharp, Middlesbrough, I get that. But, you know, why, why would he not be at least in the, 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 the... I've seen the names linked, and Woodgate isn't one of them. He's just there, apparently, as a, a, a stopgap, you know. uh, But anyway, sorry, Jerry, we're getting away, way, way away from the points that we should be talking about. Just, just, just wanted to know. I laughed when I saw it. I came up on the phone, the Sky Sports headline, and when I read it, it was like, really? It didn't go very well. Was it where was it? Monaco. Monaco, yeah. It was a disaster. So, the 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 genuinely, obviously, the results weren't great. But the the main thing I remember from his time at Monaco was that video. 
where the player didn't like put the chair back in after the interview and he like made the player. Yeah, like, that's the kind of takeaway. But see, see, to get back on the point where we're we're um, keeping Ross going here about Rotherham. Um, so, <laughs> well, tell me this here. So obviously, like two two Irish lads here. We, we the, the Yorkshire rivalries aren't you know maybe as in our heart as they would be um over there. So what what is like like how would Leeds and Rotherham be? Would would there be a big rivalry there? Like how how is that? I, I don't think he it would be certain. Because uh, the Rotherham's main rivals are uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Both fans don't like each other. So Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United, Donkston, Barnsley, those sort of clubs, the local, localish clubs in, in Donkster yeah. as well. But I think like the Leeds, they do want to beat, fans do want to beat him. So they're going over, South Yorkshire's beat West Yorkshire and that. But I don't think they've got a big enough rivalry as to whether fans have successfully went down and completely when Rotherham last played Leeds in in the Championship, when Rotherham last in the Championship. And it was the game, because he made his Leeds United debut in against Rotherham in mm-hmm. New York Stadium. And I made, got a few autographs signed on my programme, Luke Kaelin Berardi, even got Adam Poe from Radio Leeds autographed that day. But, well, and I saw a lot of people like Phil... As well, who does Stuart in Ellen Road, or Leeds Mason, while well, they were there. And I was still with a few people I talked to when they were, so I used to watch them as well when Leeds weren't playing, because that's where I'm from. And that day, when I was speaking, they all we were just, well, we were just chatting and we were just chatting along, and there were no really no fights or anything at all. We went down to get Leeds players' autographs, we so after a game, one of them was on front of programming. We were no no fights there with any Leeds because there's a few Leeds fans there as well so we're just telling where they normally go off away coaches normally pull up and players go off so we can try and grab them but Bielsa try getting Bielsa's autograph he just he went no no just shook his <laughs> finger and then just walked straight off yeah he can't speak English <laughs> yeah yeah I, I would have been a fair he says reason why the reason why Jerry and JK, reason why Bielsa doesn't speak English to the media, because when he was in France and in his other clubs and Athletic Bilbao, some of the journalists did t- twist a few of his words yeah. to make it into headlines for stories. Yeah. Where so now over here, he, he, he does actually speak some English to players, because I've actually heard Bielsa does actually speak a few English to some of the players, or sometimes he has yeah, his right. translator, but he doesn't, in media, he doesn't want any. Anything his words twisted, that's why he's a translator for yeah. I've heard, he's, I heard he's not fluent, as in he could, but he could conduct an interview probably if he if he wanted to, certainly in broken yeah. English, like some people, yeah, some but, managers would do. But well, he just because earlier points in his career where they've twisted his words, yeah. So don't, you don't yeah. Want that well, to happen. Well, fair play, yeah. you know, why it's not? He's 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 earned that, res- as, far, as far as I'm concerned, he's earned that in terms of the right to do it. What I was going to say to you, Russ, is, is it a fair comment to make that um, in terms of Yorkshire that Leeds, and probably more so now, because we would have a few that maybe kept it under their under their hats, but we probably Rotherham, Barnsley, um, and, and maybe other places, you would have a quite a strong Leeds support anyway. You know, they, they don't necessarily support their local team. You would have that maybe, maybe not so much in Sheffield, but definitely, I think I've heard, you know, in certain areas of Yorkshire, Leeds would have a, a strong, strong support outside of yeah. Leeds itself. And would that be a fair comment? 
Yes, because there's quite a few uh, no, who actually live in Waltham, some live in Barnsley. I have a good two matches with the Mexican Supporters Club in And we pick up a warm well in Barnsley on way to games when we when we could actually go to games. And yeah. people come by from Swinton and all over Waltham to, to get picked up a waff upon there in Waltham. So, yeah. and so there's quite a big contingency there. And a load of ones. One, one time I went to a, in England game, with me, with me dad and there was this one kid who come from near Ipswich and mm-hmm. was in Thomas and he actually sat behind me in one of the matches at Ellen uh-huh. Road in the area I went and <laughs> actually re- and actually recognised me <laughs> from Leeds matches as an England game and we were so talking before and so there's quite a few travelling from all over yeah. different places and yeah. we've got yeah. quite a few on our, in our supporters club which I, where I normally go I wouldn't to be. Games with, so there's quite yeah. a few of yeah. this area, yes, JK. Right. Yep. Yeah. Good to know. Okay, so just before we wrap up, then we'll um, we'll get my uh, my least favorite part of the show, the um, prediction. <laughs> so um, we'll go. Uh, we'll start then with uh, Ross. What, what's your prediction for tomorrow night against Wolves? Well, just before I start, too, I've been looking so far this season in the games that we've played. We'll, we've had a winner. If we've lost it away from home, we've either won or drawn at home in in games. No one so far touch wood. I don't want to jinx it now. No one's <laughs> done the double no one's done the double over leads yet this season in the Premier League from when we played them twice. I think I think we'll try and do that again tomorrow. And I think we will get a win. And I think Bamford will get the first goal. And we'll win 2-1. Wolves will then equalise and then it'll be a last-minute winner for Mateus. <laughs> I, I reckon, I'm not going to say, I'm not sure who's going to get the last-minute winner, but I reckon we'll get a winner later. And, and I probably won't put me, I'll probably put my house on it. I'm not going to put my house on it, but I probably would say it wouldn't surprise me if it was Elder Costa getting the winner. Because last time we went there, <laughs> Costa and Douglas, who was a spouse of Wolves and Leeds, the Wolves beat us for one last time. It was a Molyneux, Costa and Douglas scored for Wolves on that day. So it wouldn't surprise me if Costa gets one over on his former side tomorrow, comes on, proves a point, and bags the, bags the winner for us. But I'm going to say 2 1 Leeds, Bamford first goal. And more importantly, the one we all want to know are Roller, I'm going to beat Norwich. Uh, I think <laughs> it, it, just, it just depends because. Well, they've played well so far this season. Norwich are obviously flying high at the moment. Well, Norwich only just beat them last time at the New York State at the New York Stadium early on in the season. Two one, it was last minute penalty in that one. So if Fulham can take out some of the play that they played yet yesterday in in previous weeks, I think Fulham could probably potentially cause a shock. I, I think Fulham may get a draw, a point in that one. I don't think they'll win it, but I think they could get a point in that one. Okay, the uh, I get I get a wee bit of your sometimes for for having uh, people say I've got more clubs than Tiger Woods, but um, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add roller under the list and I'm gonna be keep keeping keeping a wee eye out for uh, for your coverage and so so obviously good good luck with that and uh, I hope it all goes well tomorrow and and uh, you know the matches and everything but uh, so JK what's your what's your prediction? First and foremost, I would just echo that, Ross. I hope it all works out for you. I'm starting tomorrow, so I wish you all the very best. Cheers, um, guys. Not a problem. Um, 
on just a, I'll give them a Rotherham um, prediction. I, I tend to agree with Ross. I think they've been playing well. I think they could make a, a point, if if not better, tomorrow evening. Uh, ourselves, mm, uh, I, I, I admire Ross's optimism. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I was I feel a wee bit like I did before the Leicester away game. I would love a similar result performance. Whether or not that will happen is another matter. We're obviously missing Calvin. And I think we I've already said it, I think he wouldn't be playing regardless tomorrow evening if he was if he was fit or otherwise. Um I'll go I'll go a, a one all score draw, I think, as well. I'll and would sit on the fence, but I just I think You'll get splinters, JK. Uh, that's it, absolutely. Um, I th- but it's how I feel at the moment. Just just with the, the loss of Phillips, I think that, that changes the dynamics slightly. I think if he was playing, I'd be a little bit more content. Um, but I think I think as is, I think I'll, I'll go score draw. I don't think we'll I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. Um, so I'm I'm happy to be shot down tomorrow evening if, if ten o'clock, whatever it is tomorrow evening. If we win and one nil and it's a clean sheet, great, no problem. That's that's uh, job done. But um, I think potentially a score draw. Um, it really depends. I, I think the, it's easy to say, but I think the lineup for us, you can. I've listened to people saying this, and I agree. You can almost tell. I think before the Arsenal game, that we not sort of have that eerie sort of feeling going. Mm. And then you know other games as well. We felt a bit like that. You know, in the past where we thought this this lineup just doesn't look hundred percent right. So I think. Alioski, Klitsch, a couple of other players, are they playing or they're not going to be playing? I, I'm like Russ, I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk us. I would keep him if he's not 100% fit. If you have to substitute him either at halftime or earlier, like we had to do on Sunday, I think that's a waste of a sub. You want to bring a sub on to make an impact, not because you have to bring them on. So I think, you know, again, rest one or two like that, but I'll go score draw just for this evening. I think um, for me, what what Ross said about the uh, the record, you know, about like nobody's done the double over us um, this season, it's something that I've been kind of keeping a wee eye on, and it's something that I feel like if we could get out of it this season without as many teams as possible having done the double on us, I'd be delighted. So I would be quite happy to take a draw tomorrow night. Um, my big thing is without Calvin, obviously we had the great win earlier in the season against Aston Villa. But the majority of the ones I'm kind of thinking of, like we got we we lost the the Crystal Palace and and uh, Leicester games where we lost heavily. Um, yeah. We didn't really do ourselves justice in the first half at the weekend. So for me, I feel they've got something to prove that they they can play without Calvin Phillips. And whenever there's been a few times I've felt they had something to prove, they've they've done it. So I think that Leeds will win tomorrow night. Um, but I think it, I, th- I actually think we're in for a good game. I think it's going to be a high score and maybe 3 1, 3 2 kind of a game. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good one. Like, I think there's obviously not necessarily a good one for us because we'll all be having kittens all the way through it. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. for um, for any any neutral, I think it'll be, it'll be a, a great game. So that, uh, well, we probably just five you just want to just go back to the. Arsenal game and we're striking that central defensive midfield because with Phillips when he plays there he always seems to drop back and make an extra man in defence when Cooper strikes splits in central defence or whoever's a central back always splits him earlier has got a third up op- an extra option 
Whereas on Sunday, Dunn, if you noticed, Stroud never did that, never dropped back. And that's yeah. where mistakes kind of led from against Arsenal. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say, just like, if you look at where, what Phillips does when he's in that role, make sure when his centre-back split, you'll drop in if you're playing in that central midfield role midfield role to yeah. give Millier another option of playing out and then you if he plays it to you you'll turn and look for Dallas whoever, whoever's playing right back Shackleton whoever to get forward either down the left or even look over on the left to play it out that way and you know, take it up field. And that's what we missed the Calvin being that one way drops back, picks up the ball, turns on it, looks forward for the pass where struggle stay forward which gave Able to space to try and find him, and also yeah. we're cutting it out quite easily. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that earlier. I just wanted to get that before we finish. Yep. Fair play. Yep. I would, I would, I would, yeah, I would, tend, I would tend to agree with what you're saying there. Um, straight, I just think his his, his positioning was all wrong, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to stick the boot in because, um, you know, it's not his natural position. But yeah, I, I would agree. Like he wasn't. Like he wasn't maybe whenever we were defending, he maybe wasn't coming deep enough, and whenever we were attacking, he was maybe too deep. He just didn't seem to be getting involved in the play for me, and and for a big fella that he is, you know, I think I think he could have done he could have done better. But as I say, he's not in his position, and I just hope that um you know it doesn't knock his confidence too much, and he, he gets back to back to playing well at centre back when he's when he's ready to. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's um we we've been on nearly an hour there so um I'll, I'll let you two guys go um hopefully uh hopefully we'll, we'll get his on uh on again soon if we can get ross away okay. from uh rotherham's greatest greatest results um dvds and stuff you know but, but uh, no, it's here it's here i know we talk about we talk about it but definitely best wishes and i know jk says as well there but best yeah. wishes um tomorrow and uh, over the, the common weeks and I, I know you said you'll, you'll try and go on maybe once a month um, depending yeah, on, on your on your commitments, but yeah, uh, no. point out as well if you're listening to it on BT tomorrow, if anyone's watching the match on BT tomorrow, which probably everyone will be, the co-commentator for the match for BT tomorrow is an ex-Leeds connection. Is Lucy Ward who worked with the oh, academy yeah. prior to Neil Redfin. So Lucy Ward, but yeah. she's looking forward to working on that game tomorrow. Yeah. So just a lot of pull. She's on Co-Coms tomorrow, and we're not going to go and We don't. Oh, Leeds fans don't really like. Good luck to Lucy tomorrow. Just want to say, on behalf of that, you mentioned earlier, JK and Lloyd as well. Best wishes to Calvin Phillips and his family after his granny Val passed away earlier today. Yeah. Well, that's that's the the perfect way to end, obviously. Best wishes to Calvin and the family. Um, so as I say, thanks to you two lads and thanks to everybody that's watching and uh, the channel will be back on tomorrow night after the game. We're, we're hopefully um, I'll be in a better mood than I was uh, on Sunday. So thanks, <laughs> thanks everyone and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thank you. Cheers Ross, enjoyed Cheers, it. Thanks, guys. All right, good luck. See ya. Bye.